Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Jonah chapter 3, where it says this, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed, Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Now, I remember just starting out in ministry and reading this chapter in the book of Jonah. At the time, I was serving in a small church in Morgan Hill, California, called Hillside Church. It was called that for the obvious reason that it was situated on the side of a hill that overlooked the city. I remember often spending time there looking out over the city and praying. But even as I was praying for the city, there were many questions running through my mind. Like, was it possible to reach an entire city with the gospel in modern times? Does God move today like he did through Jonah in the Old Testament? In that passage I just read, Jonah preached to Nineveh, warning them of God's impending judgment, and the entire city repented in sackcloth and ashes and turned to the Lord, including the king. I long to see God do that in our day. And yet I wondered if that was even on God's radar or in his will. It was during this time, and, and I honestly don't remember how I came across this, but I came across a report on something called Plan Resistentia, which was put out by Ed Silvoso and Harvest Evangelism. This was 1990. And this report was later included in Ed's first book, That Men Should Perish, several years later. Ed was someone I had heard preach at a church I had once attended. Um, and what I read in this report was, was a revelation that would change my life because God used it to show me that reaching entire cities was indeed on his heart and therefore possible and not just possible but an integral part of his will. Resistencia is a city of about 400,000 people in Argentina. At that time, only about one and a half percent 
of the population of Resistencia were evangelical believers, which was low even for Argentina at that time. Of the 70 churches in Resistencia, 68 of them had started as a result of a church split. Can you imagine? Needless to say, unity amongst congregations was non-existent. And in fact, churches were outright antagonistic towards each other. However, there were a few pastors that had been meeting together and invited Ed to come and share with them a vision for reaching their city. As Ed spoke to them, he challenged them to establish a perimeter of godliness in the city. They did this by meeting regularly for prayer, intercession, and accountability. Forgiveness was asked for and extended. And as these pastors met, God met with them, and the Holy Spirit began to work in their lives, and soon a deep bond of love was established. The circle quickly expanded, and soon more than half the pastors in the city had agreed to ask God to show them how to reach their city for Christ. Pastors in Resistencia began to pray together regularly. They exchanged pulpits. They sent love offerings to needy congregations. They served one another. They received teaching on intercession and spiritual warfare. Hundreds of intercessors were recruited, equipped, and deployed all over the city. 635 neighborhood prayer cells that they called lighthouses began meeting throughout the city with the goal of praying for every household and creating a canopy of prayer over the entire city. Little by little, every home in the city was prayed for. And as God answered those prayers, God gave the church favor in the eyes of the people. This favor was enhanced first when the church built 16 water tanks in slums with no running water, and later when large donations of medicine and equipment were made to the public hospital. Satan's perimeter began to be shaken when the pastors and their intercessors proclaimed the lordship of Christ over the city by serving an eviction notice on San La Muerte in the central plaza where a monument erected for him stood. Now San La Muerte was the god of the painless death. The early settlers of Resistencia had dedicated their lives and their city to this created God in exchange for a painless death in the fighting against the indigenous people of that area. And we'll circle back to this when we talk about spiritual mapping in an upcoming episode. But to continue the story, two major outreaches were then done. First, in one day, the entire city, approximately 63,000 homes, were visited with a good news package. The week before, the city was blitzed through TV with the announcement that the following Saturday, this package of good news is coming to your home. When homes were visited the following Saturday, many people were waiting for it. Prayers were offered all over the city on behalf of the sick for broken marriages, rebellious children, financial troubles. Even demons were cast out. Eventually, every home in the city was blessed personally. 
The second event consisted of a series of simultaneous crusades, outdoor evangelistic events, um, both outdoor and indoor, which saw thousands of people come to the Lord. The mayor acknowledged Jesus Christ as his Savior. The lighthouses did the follow-up. In the past, when evangelistic campaigns ended, there had always been bitter disputes um, between the churches over the distribution of decision cards. This time, though, instead of allowing division and mistrust, the pastors exhibited unity and trust. They decided to have a mass public baptism. No distinction or mention was made of the individual congregation the new believer might choose to attend. Everyone was baptized into the only church in Resistentia, the Church of Jesus Christ. Six months later, a church census was taken, and to everybody's delight and amazement, the church of the city had grown by over 100%. In an article published two years later, after Plan Resistentia ended, the church had grown another 400%, bringing the cumulative total in growth to over 500%, and it just continued from there. 130 new churches had been planted, increasing the total number of congregations from 70 to 200. Beyond those amazing blessings, or others that could not be quantified, the dismantling of the strongholds of disunity and apathy, the healing of old festering wounds among denominations and churches, the training and deploying of intercessors, the newly found respect for the church in the city, and an early prototype had been successfully created for reaching an entire city. I personally went to Argentina over the next two summers to participate with another group of local pastors that was using a similar model to reach their city, the city of La Plata. At that point, I was ruined for the ordinary. And for the last 30 years, I've made it my own personal mission to understand not so much the human strategies or plans that various cities have implemented all over the world, but to understand the biblical principles and promises that when applied by faith, lead to transformation on a large scale. God's kingdom expands from the church as we wage war in the heavenly realms through prayer and as we faithfully obey the biblical principles and promises that God has already provided for us in the scriptures. And it is those principles and paradigms that we must understand and apply if we're ever going to see cities reached with the gospel. Plan Resistentia was the first time I was exposed to many of those principles being applied by the corporate church of a city to reach the lost and to infiltrate every strata of society, including the very institutions of the city, which include government and education, business in the marketplace and the media. I truly believe that this is what Jesus commissioned his church to do when he commanded them to disciple nations. We are to penetrate and occupy those places where principalities and powers currently wield power, usurp authority, and hold captive those whom Christ has purchased with his own blood. Today, let each of us ask God to expand our vision to include what we may not have thought possible. 
and to align both our hearts and our minds with God's will. God is willing that none should perish, but that all come to repentance. Jesus is building his church to reclaim that which he has redeemed. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost and to set free those who are still being held captive by the enemy. I challenge each one of us today to rethink possible. Amen.